Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time as we are talking Wild Card Weekend. Made it all the way to the playoffs, you guys, in the National Football League. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pearson. Joining me today is Bill Needles. How the heck are you, Bill? I am fantastic, thank you. All right, great to have you with us. And Brian, you got the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? I'm well, thanks. I'm excited for some playoff football. Awesome. Well, you won uh, the uh, our little competition that we do every year this year on uh, week 18. Uh, we managed to tie each other in wins, but you had two uh, more uh, pushes than me. So you beat me by one unit this year in, uh, in, in our picking against the spread. Not our best year. We did all right. Bill finished down one unit but had nine pushes so basically it was like he, he with the juice you were down a little bit but what are you gonna do right that's like you were down like half a unit it's nothing uh craig and i were both up uh around four units uh total so you know not our best year but hey we're, we're always squeezing out a profit all all told it's uh you know we've been doing this for a long time now and we're still rocking it about collectively uh, uh 50 53 percent uh, a piece. We've we, we got to bump that up to about 55, and then we would uh, consider be able to consider ourselves professional. But for right now, still just uh, some nice amateurists who take this way too seriously. <laughs> um, 32 Challenge ended up uh, up six units, you guys. Uh, 19 and 13 this year. So a, a very big... Uh, because those were, of course, big bets. So those those were multiple unit bets. So uh, that, that was very good. Got hosed on a couple. Because uh, it came down to the wire. And last week, obviously, I mentioned the, there was the big uh, Broncos uh, Raiders game that would have been worth two units. If that game went the other way, then all of a sudden we're talking about uh, 21 and 11, right? Like, uh, but at the same time, we didn't get that one. But, uh, you know, the. Uh, the Arizona game ended <laughs> with them not uh, going over five wins on the season after Matt Freider just sailed a little <laughs> bit to the right there at the last last second. A lot of people weren't paying attention to that one, but I was. I can tell you that right now, uh, gentlemen. So before we get into the wildcard weekend, we got some other teams to discuss because the teams that did not make the playoffs – uh, did some ish, so I'm just going to kind of go in order by division here. AFC East, don't need to talk about the Bills or the Dolphins, because we're going to be talking about them in a bit. But the New England Patriots! Uh, welcome. Hey, did they make a coaching change? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they did. They made a slight coaching change. New England fans, welcome, man. Well, welcome down here in the muck with the rest of us. It is O-V-E-A, OVA for you. Uh, that'll never happen again, where you just have 20 years of, of just awesomeness. So I guess better to have loved and lost, but y'all lost now. And that's that's something that's never coming back. Like sometimes, like like right now as a Colorado Avalanche fan, you know, they, we had like 10 lean years and I was like, boy, I would really like the team to be good again. And the team is good again now and it's great, but no team is ever going to do what, what the New England Patriots just did for 20 years. So that's... that's and no sympathy from anybody. Fuck you guys. <laughs> like it's, yep. uh, it's it's great. We're all we're all enjoying your current misery as you hire Gerard Mayo. Apparently, it looked like it was going to be variable, but now it's. Did Gerard you guys Mayo. see uh, Don Van Natta's piece? No, I did not. About, what did he say? Uh, the, 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 he always he always has has great uh, Patriots insight, and uh, uh, this the, the, this piece is no different. But kind of the final days of the Belichick and Kraft 
um, you know, marriage essentially and, and, and what had happened. And uh, basically, I don't even know if it's straw that broke the camel's back is the is, is the right thing. Because, you know, you work together that closely for someone for, for 20 plus years and in relationships, you're going to pray. But the the point of no return, apparently, was, you know, Bill going into uh, to Bob Kraft's office when, you know, the big decision happened a couple of years ago and saying, no, you know what? I don't think we should keep this quarterback. We should let him go focus on something else. I don't think this guy can get us where we want to go. And it's a real awkward conversation when 12 months later, that guy's holding up a Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. an awkward. That's an awkward conversation. So that kind of really negatively impacted things. And then, of course, the team isn't playing well. So, um, you know, Belichick kind of saved himself with the with year one of Mac Jones. Um, and then things got really ugly essentially after yeah, that because yeah. of how bad with Mac Jones and bad offensive coordinators and the whole thing. But basically the, the relationship, you know, and, and like, you know, relationships of course run their course for in, in the NFL all the time, but the relationship just had no chance essentially is the reporting there. And now Belichick's going to go someplace else. We'll see if he can get those or how quickly at the very least he's going to get those 15 wins. I suspect he's going to uh, coach until he has them or until he's dead. One of the two, whichever happens first, but that's the situation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't have much else to add to that other on the Gerard Mayo thing, other than I guess we'll see. Because I gotta tell you, that was not something I was like. I, I don't didn't hear anybody. I, say. I wasn't surprised by that. Okay. When the, when the Panthers were doing coaching interviews a couple of years ago, not this past cycle, but the cycle before, they asked uh, for permission to interview Gerard Mayo, and the Patriots said no, and Mayo seemed fine with it. So that right there told me that, okay, there, there's clearly a, a plan in place for Mayo to be the next person who gets this job. And further to that, this is also in um, Don Van Natta's reporting uh, with with Seth Witherham and, and, and Wright Thompson as well. They, they also wrote the piece. Um, that was apparently a Kraft thing. Kraft really thought, thinks that, that, that Gerard Mayo is the next, the next great coach, and Belichick wasn't necessarily – super on board with that not that he was opposed to mayo but that's just what uh uh how how the conversation went so we're gonna see if Kraft is right uh the reality is the new england patriots have hired three coaches since bob Kraft bought the team one was bill parcells pretty good coach wasn't there long but pretty good coach the second was pete carroll his tenure did not work out but turns out pretty good coach and the third is bill belichick so bob Kraft is three for three on coach hires mm-hmm. we'll see if he goes four for four yeah yeah, good for him. Uh, we're let's uh, we got all off season to talk about this, but let's shoot from the hip uh, real quick. Uh, let's just do a roundtable. Uh, where is Bill Belichick coaching next year, Bill? I'm gonna say Atlanta. Uh, Craig, I'm gonna say that too. All these Carolina rumors, I think, are a bit of a smokescreen. Um, I think that in uh, Carolina pretty mm-hmm. bad the falcons at least have some parts right like mm-hmm. yes the falcons the falcons like so here's here's the argument for the falcons they have the skill guys on offense they have better skill guys on offense than basically any patriots team belichick's had in years mm-hmm. um and they have a defense with some players on it and you think that once belichick is coordinating that defense that defense will become even better also good um they just need a quarterback. So is that a trade for Justin Fields? Is that signing Kirk Cousins? I don't know. But I would think that with passable quarterback play, 
gives him the path, and I think this is what's driving him. I don't think it's another Super Bowl, although he wants one, but I think what's driving him is those 15 more wins. Yeah, and that's a fun, that's an easy division to potentially collect W's in as uh, currently constituted. I'm going to say, I'm going to make a clean sweep. I'm going to say Falcons as well. Uh, New York Jets, I don't have anything. Like, like, does he want to do this with Bryce Young and not a whole lot else? Like, clearly, the lack of a first-round pick this year and the fact that the first-round pick is going to Chicago that's first overall. Like, is that the situation he wants to take over? I don't go and deal with that owner? No, absolutely not. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. Arthur Blank, yeah. however, like yeah. me, if you're working, if you're going to pick an NFL owner to work for, he'd be high on the list of guys you would want. Yeah, because he, he seems like he loves the team, but it seems like he cuts the checks and then just kind of gets out of the way, right? There's not a lot of Arthur Blank yes, absolutely. Uh, like, nonsense, yep. which is what you want from your rich owner, right? Like, that's that's yeah, that's basically exactly. it. I want I want you to be willing to write massive checks, yeah. and then I want you to leave me alone, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and that's... That would be very enticing for Bill. Uh, New York Jets. I don't really have anything we want to say. Anybody got anything they want to say on the Jets? Just kind of a like, oh. you know, they just need to get the distractions out of the locker room. I would say, or off of ESPN too. Uh, <laughs> fucking. Or get the distractions on the field at least. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, what a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> You got to blame the Green Bay Packers for it. Just, just forty years of enabling bad behavior from from white people. Uh, two very specific. Well, white and, 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 and who and, might be going I to think jail you said for it on time, Twitter. Hopefully, yeah. You you said it on Twitter. Like the fact that Aaron Rodgers is accusing late night talk show hosts of pedophilia on massive platforms and lying about vaccination status and just being a general unlikable prick. The fact that he is far from the most dastardly person who has played quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in the last 30 years, yeah. that's shocking. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. Were, he is far bad. from as bad as Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. terrible. Uh, Giants, I don't have anything to say about them. It's just kind of a... Well, I guess we got to see what they do about the Daniel Jones thing because that's going to be weird. But for the most part, they, 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 they're just heading into offseason mode. Commanders, uh, Ron Rivera finally out. So it'll be interesting. I can't see... Um. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where 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 they go with the new owner and whatnot. They just hired a GM who I think is going to be pretty good, and it it looks like it's it's on the up and up for them. Um, don't really have anything to add with the Commanders, Ravens, Browns, Steelers are all in Bengals. I guess their only offseason question is uh, what to do with uh, Mr. Browning there. Um. Man, he'd be fun. Jake Browning, it'd be fun if he was in Pittsburgh, but obviously that's not that's gonna happen. However, let's just use this example. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick gets the Atlanta job and Justin Fields gets traded someplace else. Yeah. Bill Belichick calls with the Falcons third round pick and says, I'll take Jake Browning off your hands. Yeah. Wouldn't be too bad. He's he's already I think the Bengals probably do yeah. that. And then, and then, if you're the Falcons, you if you have Jake Browning and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson and a pretty good offensive line, don't you feel pretty good about your offense going into next year? I, yep. I, I damn sure do. Yeah, I like they like they Falcons are in a pretty good position the way things are shaping up in this offseason to address the uh, to address their little quarterback problem that they have right now, especially if the Bears want to move uh, move Fields, which I think. I want to be on the record saying I think that might be well. It won't be a huge mistake because they because they've got the pick. They they're able. They should be able to replace Fields. But I, I 
If I was the Falcons, I would be uh, literally calling the Bears every five seconds, be like, or calling Bears, "Hey Bears, how's it going? It's Matt again. Just calling about that Justin Fields thing." Like they're they're like I don't know their voicemail. I guess answering machines don't really, but they would be like beeping and be like Matt again. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> right? like, just, hey, just wondering where you are on that Justin Fields thing. <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, that's so. Yeah, interesting to see where Jake Browning ends up. Uh, Chicago Bears, we just talked about. They've got, you know, the Justin Fields thing. But other than that, they are supremely positioned uh, as a franchise right now to to really pick up uh, where, where they to, – to really be good. I, I think – I mean, it sucks that they they really didn't perform well in that game against the Packers. We were hoping uh, – I know I was. I was hoping they would knock the Packers out of playoff contention. Didn't happen. Wasn't a great game. Uh they lost like fourteen to seven or whatever it was, and really couldn't get the the, the running game going. Yeah, it's just kind of a lame duck game, which sucked. But uh, yeah, they are they are supremely set up now with the with the trade they made with the Carolina Panthers. So it's uh, they are looking good. Uh, uh, would you? Let's just do a quick one. Again, rapid fire around the table. Would you trade Justin Fields, Bill? Yes. Craig. I think you have to. Okay. Okay. I just think that uh, there, there are two reasons you have to. One, uh, the temptation of resetting the quarterback on the rookie scale contract button is, is too much. And you do that if you take the quarterback here. And number two, I think Justin Fields has a chance to be pretty good. But I, I think that the, the chances of Caleb Williams or Drake May being better than him are too high for you to pass on one of them, even if you're going to get a haul if you move this pick. That, that'd be my take. Yeah, I just, I keep coming back to the haul, man. The haul! <laughs> like, yeah. I just, oh, you're, probably, they, they... you're probably getting what you got for the number one pick last year again. Yeah. But then, let's just say Fields looks like, you know, and, and look, they're going to hire a new offensive staff and so forth. I get it. Let's just say Fields isn't your guy a year from now. Yeah. And the team that you make this move with isn't the worst team in the NFL a year from now, then what are you doing? Like it just, I, I just, I, I would just take a guy who's there and good. Now you trade fields, you get a little more draft capital and you go, you go in and you hope that you have what the Texans have with CJ Stroud this year. Yeah. That's yeah, what you, you hope. Might be right. Yeah. Yeah. The, you guys might be right. I just, like I said, I just keep coming back to the hall, man. Cause you could, st- you could get Marvin, you can get Marvin Harrison jr. And a, and another blue chipper, and stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, and I'm just like, and I still have True. Justin Fields. Right. Like, oh, oh, that's good stuff. Billy, how about your Vikings? Do you think is Kirk Cousins under center for the Vikings when it's September 2024? I, I think you either pay the money for Cousins, assuming you're going to win, or you completely blow it up. So I hope yes, because I I still think there's enough there. But if he's not then sell everybody to the highest bidder because it's not going to be a good year. If he's not under center for the Vikings, I could see him under center for the Steelers. I think, I think that's a fun fit and, and he'd look decent in those uniforms too. So that, that's a fun one to think about. Uh, Texans don't have anything to talk about. Maybe Jake uh, Browning's a fight. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No. I could see that. Yeah. Jake Browning under center for the Vikings. I could see that. That's quite possible. Uh, Colts, not much to say other than uh, other than you know Anthony Richardson. You just hope he gets healthy because man, they got some fun pieces there with Pittman and, and 
We'll see what happens with Taylor this offseason. Uh, it's old news, I know, because it happened almost a week ago. But uh, what did you make of that fourth and one uh, play that they called there, Craig? Because a lot of people bumped into the uh, a lot of people bumped into the fact that uh, it was their third string running back, right? But I was like, you know, Jonathan Taylor is not going to be that wide open, right? But no, you know. You st- I, like I thought it was a great play call. The guy just dropped it, right? Like because he was yeah. That's that's how I felt about it too. Like catch yeah. the ball. Like that's yeah. That's it. Like it's. But that's why people are bumping that's... into it because it's like, why do you run a play for your third string running back? Right? <laughs> like, oh, because he's an NFL player. Like you know what I mean? Sure, like yeah. you've you've schemed up a guy being that open who's like an NFL caliber he's player. That... He's in the show. He's in the show. Right? Yeah. 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 How about you, Billy? Did you bump into that one at all? Um. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to give them a hard time over the third string running back. Like, yes, third string, but these guys, like, catch the ball. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. Jacksonville, oh, man, 8-3 and three in week 13 of the season. Uh, go 1-5 and five the rest of the way, miss the playoffs, including a, a pretty, uh, pretty, I don't want to say embarrassing, but lackluster is the word I'll go with, effort against the Tennessee Titans there. Uh, they lose by eight. Uh, we were all on the Titans. Uh, Lawrence missed a couple bombs. He was hurt all year. It was just just a bit of a disaster for for the Jaguars and in, in what was supposed to be a breakout season for these guys. A lot of people souring on uh, on Fields these days. I am not or on Fields. Sorry, souring on Lawrence. I'm not one of them. But man, they they, they this team needs a spark of something. I don't know if it's a new coach or a new whatever but not good vibes to end the season for the jacksonville jaguars yeah, yeah i think they look a lot uh, different without kirk I, I i think they that was part of it too like uh lawrence got hurt around the same time kirk did and the offense did not look the same in the last seven weeks there whatever it was so i think that's part of it if they get healthy then maybe a little bit better but i still didn't love the scheme this year yeah agreed craig thoughts on the jaguars well, they have some cap space to work with. Um, oh, yes, yeah, not a lot, but, but you know, they have they have they have twelve million straight up now, and then you, they, you can make some space if you want it. As far as uh, cut to guys who are not necessarily huge contributors, so yeah, I think that um, you know, you get an off season refresh. It was a year. The, the second half of the year was just like every single thing that could have gone against you did. Uh, complete disaster, and I think they'll be okay once that gets uh, once that gets handled. So are, like, I, I, I would oh, like I, I think I the team would be in a better spot to be clear if they had uh, maybe some some different front office personnel like we've kind of seen Trent Balky uh, mm-hmm. uh, cause cause himself some problems in, in, in these spots before in previous jobs so uh, but but I think that they'll they don't have to do much and still be fine going into next year. Tennessee Titans fire Mike Vrabel, or less of a fire, more of a like, hey, we're just kind of switching it up. Uh, I like Vrabel for the Chargers. I really, I really want him for the Chargers job. I think they, I think they need a guy like him, a culture change type of guy. Um, I was really surprised Vrabel didn't end up with the uh, with the Patriots job, but yeah. I like, I, I don't know. Titan Titans need to, to they need a. You know, they've been treading water for a few years. And basically the roster's bad, but Vrabel's been coached up the roster to where they're mid and not getting good picks. So maybe that's why they need to get rid of Vrabel. This guy's coaching too well. Um, but, yeah. 
they, they need to they need to take a couple of years at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel there and then come back and talk to us I think um, Falcons fire Arthur Smith we already discussed them what did you guys make of the uh, again it's a week ago what, what was your take bill on the uh, on the on the the play they, they they where apparently James uh, James Winston went rogue and ran the ball in to run up the score and Arthur Smith got all pissed about it yeah, I, I, I'm guessing I believe that story. I mean, the the coach did seem genuinely surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Winston admitted it in the in the post game. He's like, "Yeah, I went rogue. We wanted to get." Uh, yeah, now that, there was some I, conversation about whether Winston was like taking the heat for Allen, but I don't think that's true. No, I don't, um, I don't think it is either. Not the way it happened in the because uh, like they have the yeah, audio. And here's of, here's what I was saying. Yeah. What I'll say is this. On my first watch, I'm like, whatever. Like, just if you don't like the guy scoring, stop um, stop yes. being an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Now, on my first watch, I thought that. Then I watched the play again. Mm. Did you guys notice the formation? Yes, yeah, fake victory formation. It was victory formation. They had the one running back way back in behind it looked like everybody was going to take a knee and then they run the ball into the end zone so i yeah. didn't like that could not agree. that was the part where i thought the, that that they had they had the right to be pissed and arthur smith had the right to be pissed off is because if, if they just come out and ran like a real life nfl play and they hand the ball to the running back and he gets in yeah your defense had a chance to stop that guy okay but if you're gonna fake like it's a kneel out and then go score that's a dick move so I, 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 my, my take on what happened got adjusted as I watched the play a second and third time. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I'm in the exact same boat. Like if you like, I, I agree with the. I used to like I cheer for the Miami Hurricanes. We basically, who basically invented running up the score on people apparently. <laughs> uh, and and so for me to say, so for me to sit here, it would be quite hypocritical for me to say. Yeah, don't go for it. I'm like, no. If you don't like getting scored on, stop them or play better or do whatever. Because they're, they're yep. like past like grade five, there's no such thing or is running up the score. Maybe a little further down, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Basically, mm-hmm. once you get to high school, there's no such thing as running up a uh, running up the score in my in my opinion. Um, but I the the fake the fake kneel down was a bitch move. That that was that was a bitch move because Craig, you and I like if you want to if you want to do that you want to get a guy a touchdown yeah. though there line that's up. great yeah line, line up, up like a man. real formation yeah. yeah line up like a man and 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 it, it, it's not like it, who they gave it to the the guy for the Lions who had like twenty touchdowns who broke Barry Sanders record I Jamal Williams his name. Yep. Jamal Williams uh it, it's not like Jamal Williams is uh it's not like he had a cancer scare or anything like that where it's like, Oh, he missed half the season. Cause he was whatever he, no, he was there. He just never had any touchdowns. It was like a, I don't know. That was, that was not a good enough reason for, yeah. So that was, and for Winston to go rogue like that, it was, it was so weird. Yeah. The, the fake, the fake kneel down. That was, that was a bitch move. I thought if they were going to do it, line up. It's been said, it's been said, uh, don't have much to say about the, the, Panthers, other than their owner, is a dick, and they're poorly run. Uh, Saints, not much. I don't much know if you saw the, the, there's some Panthers fan who had a viral tweet saying, "Oh, this is uh, you know the uh, just as bad as Snyder, this ownership." And uh, like, no, no, no. Like, is is he is he the worst owner in the NFL right now? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like, you know, he's got no. he's got like 
three decades of chaos to uh, rule over before we can talk about him and Snyder. Yeah, de- chaos and sexual harassment. Let's not forget that, right? Yeah. So yeah. even even if Tepper you need owns to throw Panthers, a lot of drinks. Up. Yeah, if Te- yeah, yeah. Good point, Phil. Even if Tepper owns the even if Tepper owns the Panthers for thirty years, and it's a complete disaster and chaotic, a la uh, what we've got from the Washington football team these last thirty years. He would still need some sort of lawsuits type stuff on top of that to be worse than Dan Snyder, right? Like so, but he has the he has the worst owner title belt uh, as we currently speak. That is that is for sure. Ah, uh, how about you, Denver Broncos? Craig looks like uh, Russell Wilson's on the way out. You have uh, anything you want to add to that? No, uh, it was it's a bad trade. Yeah, recovery time. Uh, I don't think anyone could have predicted this trade working out as badly as it has, um, but it has. So you got to make some tough decisions, and the first tough decision is you got to cut Russell Russell Wilson sometime between now and March fifth or whatever it is. Yeah, Chiefs are in the playoffs. I don't have any. The Raiders. Uh, would you give the job to Antonio Pierce? Let's do a quick one, Craig. Yes, I would, but I don't think they will. Uh, Bill. Yeah, I don't hate that decision. Yeah, I mean. I agree. Uh, let, let, why not give it a shot, right? They already had two guys that were like, so I like the other two guys I got, like not giving it to, to Rich Passaccia. And, and uh, I can't remember who the other interim guy was, but it, it also made sense for them not to go with that guy. But Antonio Pierce, it, it looks like he's earned something. Chargers. They just need, to I think they're a Harbaugh team. Raiders Harbaugh. That's yep. the Raiders or the Chargers. Oh, either. Okay. I could I, like the Raiders for them is fun. For Harbaugh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. We didn't even discuss the Jim Harbaugh. Cardinals looks like they're going to keep Kyler Murray, so we'll see how that goes. I, th- I think the coach is good, so we'll 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 see how that goes. Rams and Niners in the playoffs, and Seahawks last team. Uh, no more Pete Carroll. I mean, we should all be as we should all be lucky to be as energetic as him, and when we're in our seventies. Um, it initially said they were moving him up the chain, just getting him kind of off the field, but moving him up the chain. But now I've been I was I was reading a couple. Uh, Tweets, it sounds like that might not be the case. Pete might be on the move here to uh, wherever. Yeah, I don't think Pete's done. Like, this is not the last time we're seeing Pete on a on Nah, he's got something. It's going to happen. Yeah. He'd be a good one for the Chargers. Plus, he'd be back in, in uh, California where he uh, yep. made his bones in, in college. So, yeah, I could I could see Pete Carroll in, in the Chargers. They need a guy like him too, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that. That's just a go. All right, so that's uh, our off-season team catch-up. Let's head into the Wild Card Weekend. Six games starting Saturday afternoon. So tomorrow afternoon, uh, we have the uh, Houston Texans in their usual first Saturday game, the T.J. Yates Memorial Memorial uh, Spot for the Houston Texans. They always if they're in the playoffs, they get that first Saturday game. It's in the CBA for the NFL apparently. Now, we will discuss the Lions as they have moved, but for the purposes of uh the playoffs in our quest to go 13 and 0, the three of us we're going to pick on this podcast with the Lions as currently constituted, but we will be discussing the move, the move the line movement because this game has some line movement. And we're both going to pick the totals. We're going to pick. We're going to pick the side and the totals as well. That's not going to count against our thirteen and zero. But we're we're just going to do our best so that you can have uh, at least two bets on every football game that you see. Now, 
This game opened up at Browns minus two and a half heading to Houston and has moved up and down, went down to two, got back up to two and a half. There was a very key, very key four-hour window this week. I don't know if you guys watched it or or if you guys got it, but I timed this because I was curious to see how long. I had all the alerts on my app, letting me know on my apps. Let me know when that Houston number got to three, because when the Houston number got to three, I bet the farm on the Texans getting three. That is such a key number in this game. And it is, and but four hours it stayed at Houston plus three before it went back down to uh, plus two and a half. So then you had a tight four-hour window, basically, to get uh, the Texans at plus three. And it went back down to two and a half. And it is now settled at Browns minus one and a half. Uh, let me give you guys the tail of the tape for this one. The Cleveland Browns, 8th in DVOA, 28th offensively ranked, but that has to do with the fact that they started four diff- or five different quarterbacks, technically, after you count Jeff, after they squeezed in Jeff Driscoll there in Week 18. <laughs> five different quarterbacks, but uh, the one who's looked the best so far, Joe Flacco, will be under center, and uh, their defense second in the league. Uh, special teams 16th. Houston Texans. 12th in DVOA, offense ranked 14, defense ranked 16, special teams ranked 7, so they have a special teams advantage in this game. Uh, rookie quarterback, rookie QB combos. This is the fifth time that a rookie QB head coach combo has made their playoffs in the first year, gentlemen. The other four, Andrew Luck and Chuck Pagano, Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan, Matt Ryan and Mike Smith, and quite Possibly the funniest one of all, Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh were the were the, uh, oh, wow. the other ones. Yeah, and and now this uh, this Texans combo uh, has become the fifteen to do it. Uh, th- this is since the Super Bowl era, I think. Don't quote me on that, or or since like the whatever. It's been anyway. Uh, as far as the spread goes, the Houston Texans were nine and eight against the spread, and the Cleveland Browns were a top five team. They were ten six and one against the spread, so the Browns have the edge there. Uh, over under for this game is 44 and a half. Um, there is some significant line movement for this game. We can discuss the movement, but for now, I'm going to ask you, gentlemen, and let's start with Bill. Cleveland Browns minus one and a half going into Houston. Whew. I I wanted the Texans here um, because I, I feel like the Texans have been better. Um, but just a, a rookie quarterback, first playoff game against a defense this good. I worry that the Browns are going to get him spun, and, and and he's been pretty unspinnable this year. But I'm still going to go with the Browns. I think it's it's strange because like my numbers have this on the Texans as as the Texans with the as the Texans being the side, but. The there are some things that are basically saying that neither team can win this game. It's so weird because uh, the the Texans have the rookie QB. The rookie head coach, like we said, you don't want those guys going in their first playoff game historically. Uh, the, but then again, the, these these home road splits for the Cleveland Browns, as far as their defense goes, they're 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 no joke. They are killer at home. I'm, I'm taking and, the home dog in this. Yeah, and and weirdly weirdly down. I I obviously I mentioned that I came in on the on the Texans minus three. Oh, with the one and a half, it's a bit funnier. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let Craig go because I agree with him. I'm taking the one and a half. Uh, FanDuel right now is two and a half. Okay. Shop around, everybody. 
Well, you can uh, you can find. I I I, don't, I think three is uh, is 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 no longer an option, but two and a half is out there if you want to go look for it. Um, so let's just do a quick round on this. So, uh, Craig, your official, uh, pick for Texans Browns is you're taking the Texans getting the points. Yes. Okay. I'm going to agree with you and I'm going Houston plus the one and a half as well. Um, Billy, how about you? Lone Wolf, the Browns. Oh, nice. He's lone wolf in it. Love to see that. All right. He's laying the one and a half with the Browns. Um, now as for the total in this one. 44 and a half. Man, there might be some short fields. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the under because I don't think the explosive plays are going to be there. Um, these two teams met in, uh, earlier in the year, and this was the game where uh, Amari Cooper had like 400 yards or something in offense. But uh, that was a not C- one of the not C.J. Stroud games that the Texans played. It was a Joe Flacco game, however, though. Um I'm, I'm going to – there might be some short fields in this game, but that's not going to stop me. I'm going to take the under 44-and-a-half in this game. Billy, what about you? Under. I, okay. I think the the logic here, at least for me saying the Browns, is that Stroud will struggle. Um, so I don't see the big plays. I don't see them moving it as effectively. I'm thinking a low-scoring game, which is why the Browns have the edge. All right. Uh, Craig, what say you on the total? Yeah, I'm, I, I'd be leaning under two. I, I think that – Eventually, this Joe Flacco thing is 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 not going to work. Uh, he looks, we'll he's looking that. lean, man. He looks, he, know, he looks lean good. But at the same time, yeah. like, and hey, maybe maybe I'm the wrong guy to say just based on the one time that he got on a crazy heater, my team cost themselves Super Bowl. But uh, I just don't like, you know, it's Joe Flacco at some point. That being said, if you are cheering for storylines, you kind of want the Browns to win this game. Mm-hmm. Because Joe Flacco going into Baltimore next week would be really, really fun television. That yep. be juicy. That'd be juicy. I mean, I'd be nice if another team got such a fate this uh, oh, well, postseason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll talk get about to that. that in a we'll, little bit. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Dolphins Chiefs Sunday nighter. Or sorry, Saturday nighter. Uh, this line opened up at Chiefs minus three. I liked it at the Chiefs minus three. And now it is Chiefs minus four and a half. We've all heard this nonsense. It's going to be minus 30 or whatever the, whatever the, whatever the hell with the wind chill. And we're talking minus 30 Fahrenheit. I don't know what, like Celsius. Yep. That's got to be some sort of, we are from Canada here and we use the uh, far superior metric system. And, uh... Yeah. Uh, Chiefs are currently currently minus four and a half. There are two teams this weekend that I have not heard one pundit, one television personality, one podcaster, one Twitter person, one media personality pick them this weekend. And one of those two teams is the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have a nobody believes in us uh, that I think is is only surpassed by one particular team this weekend. And the weird thing about the other team is that they are a favorite in their game. But again, we'll get to that team. Uh, I, I, I The four and a half is a bit too high for me right now. And yeah, I know it'll be cold and all that. 
Jazz and the under is, I'll tell you right now, I'm like it, it was under 46 or something. I'm all over the under 46. When I moved to 45, I'm like, nope, still under. And uh, under 44 and a half, nope, still under. Under 43 and a half, guess what? Still under from Matt Pierce. Uh, but I, I think we've moved too far. And like the Chiefs' offense has been so terrible this 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 weekend. Uh, or, or sorry, this entire season. I don't know why we all of a sudden think that these guys who've been dropping passes all day are all of a sudden going to start catching balls when it, it like Mahomes is going to be throwing them a frozen brick. So we'll see. Uh, let me let me give you guys the tail of the tape before we get into the analysis. Uh, DVOA wise, this is the uh, sexiest matchup of the weekend. Uh, Kansas City fifth in DVOA, uh, for eighth offensive, uh, eighth best offense, seventh best defense, sixth best special teams. So nice across the board. Still weirded out about that eighth. Hey, just they didn't score in the red zone. They moved the ball, but they did not score in the red zone. Uh, Miami sixth in DVOA, one spot separating these two teams. Second in offense, nineteenth in defense, twenty second. In uh, special teams, Dolphins ten and seven against the spread. Chiefs nine seven and one. So nothing really to discern from there. Both teams were pretty decent against the spread this year. I'm taking the four and a half because I th- I think everybody's just too far off this Dolphins team. I, I bet the Chiefs at three and a half at the minus three. So I'm gonna see if I can try to get a nice little middle on this game. Craig, what say you with the Chiefs currently laying four and a half in Arrowhead? Everything you said is true. I just don't know if I trust the Dolphins in the spot. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to take Kansas City. I, I just, uh, the, the, the weather helps. I just think that if it, if it's, if it, and I know it's strange, but if it's actually just like, hey, hand the ball and and get three yards and pound it, I, I think that that actually helps Kansas City. So, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a gimpy Tyreek Hill. It looks like he's he's a little bit hurt in this one. And obviously, the the, the Dolphins' defense is is shredded right now too. It's absolutely shredded. It's 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 going to be weird. I just don't think it's going to be easy as easy for the Chiefs as people think. Like I could see it being like a Harrison Butker like thirty yard field goal where he has to like basically break his foot kicking a damn brick. Like I said, um, but I just don't see the Chiefs blowing out the Dolphins. It's it just. The Dolphins have the better offense. I know it's going to be cold. And again, I mentioned I'm a Miami Hurricanes uh, fan. Nobody knows better than than me what happens when Miami teams have to go to when it's really freaking cold. Uh, there was a, a game, there was a bowl game in New York City that happened this year that I made some money on fading my uh, my beloved Hurricanes. Um, and I was right to do it. Billy, Chiefs, minus four and a half. Yep, it's the Dolphins for me. I, I, I don't trust the Chiefs with this many against a team that can move the ball as effectively as the Dolphins. Um, the Chiefs haven't been scoring gangbusters. I think the Dolphins are going to get there 21, 24. Uh, I, I like the Dolphins to cover here. I don't know that they can get the W. Not sure I'd hit them on the money line, but I like the, the Dolphins to cover. All right. Uh, Craig, you're officially going with Kansas City? Yeah. All right. So Craig's lone wolf in it with Kansas City, minus four and a half. Billy and I are both on. The Dolphins getting the points. I'm going to go under 43.5 for the total on this one. Bill, let's say you. I think I got to go over. I, I think I think this has got to be a firefight for the Dolphins to have a good shot here. I think we need to see some points. If it's ground and pound on the ground, I think the Chiefs do have the edge there. So I'm going to go with the over. And Craig, how about you? 
it's right in the line for me. I, I, I'm going to say under, but not passionate about it. So that is it for the Sunday game. We move on to, or that's it for the Saturday game, sorry. We move on to Sunday, and the 1 o'clock game is the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who sneak into that uh, two-seed last week with a weird win over the Dolphins. Um, everybody's declaring the Buffalo Bills back, but, man, that that – that win over the Dolphins, that was that was something else. They they, they turned the ball over a bunch, and it, they were down 14-7, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I will say this. Sudden, boom, if you want to say the Bills are, are, are back or not back or whatever, the Bills played like garbage and beat a pretty good team on the road in a must-win game. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Although the Dolphins had guys in and out of that game. It was so weird because the sure. Dolphins were sh- shredding them on the ground in the first half, and then Mike McDaniels was like, eh, what if we don't run the ball in the second half? And it was like that that Tim Robbins meme of, uh, are you sure about that? <laughs> right? Like, it's just, it just it didn't seem smart. Um, this line opened up at uh, Buffalo minus, I, th- I think, eight, and then got all the way up to ten and is now settling down at minus nine and a half. The most notable thing in this game was uh, the Vegas um, set a bad line for the total in this game. Uh, the total for this opened up at 42 and a half, and it is now 33 and a half, gentlemen. The weather sharps uh, murdered that under. Like it, it, it went down to like they put it up at 42 and a half. The sharps and some fool named Matt Pierce uh, got the under 42 and a half. And then uh, it was immediately taken off the board. And when it was put back up, it was 36. And we have still gone down because we just keep hearing about it's going to get colder and it's going to get snowier. And all of a sudden, Mason Rudolph is involved in this game. And Mason Rudolph has a noodle arm. And uh, despite the fact that uh, Josh Allen can throw a throw this football, even in this weather, like a cannon, uh I'm still probably going to be on the under in this game because I don't like I don't see where the Steelers uh, score their points, and uh, yeah, with with Rudolph and his new alarm and no T.J. Watt is obviously huge because uh, man, the, the, it's going to be tough for the Steelers to get pressure. I would be liking the Steelers as a potential upset in this game if T.J. Watt was playing because I could see them working that Mike Tomlin magic and whatnot and getting an upset, but and just being like well prepared, but. Uh, that's, that's not going to be, that's not going to be it for me. Uh, tail of the tape, Buffalo third in DVOA, third in offensive, 12th in defensive, 15th, the Pittsburgh Steelers, ninth in DVOA, 15th in offense, what? 16th, 6th in defense, 20th in special teams. Uh, spread wise, these two teams, if I remember correctly, were not great. The Bills were seven and 10 and where are you Steelers? You gotta be somewhere here. Oh, Steelers were decent. They were 10-7. and seven. So the Steelers are a much better team against the spread this year, uh, which is going to happen when you're an underdog and you still manage to win nine games. Um, Bills minus nine and a half. Man, I still can't bug on the fact that this total moved nearly 10 full points. Wait, we might never see something like that again. Um, I, uh, I think I'm going to lay the points with the Bills. I think I'm going to lay the nine and a half. I don't feel super confident about it because i don't think that the bills are exactly back like we discussed but yeah i'm gonna lay the points of the bills uh billy what do you think on this one yeah i think whether the way it is i think i want those points and i'm gonna assume that the, the game is just a lot of 
nine minutes stalled drives to a missed field goal. Um, so I, I'm thinking I'm taking the points and I'm taking the under. Yeah, now that you're saying it, I'm just like, do I want to lay nearly double digits in a in a in a bad weather game? Right, a game where I mean, I could see it ended it, like this game could end like Bills ten nothing. Right, like it's like, yay, I covered. <laughs> like, <it's, yeah. laughs> All right, Craig, how about you? Uh, I guess uh, tiebreaker on this one. I'm going Buffalo. I, I I just, one of the ways the Steelers have hung in these games this year is TJ Watt, like, creating turnovers and creating huge plays for them. If he's not going to be around, I'm just not sure how it's going to happen. And we've seen Allen, some of these bad weather games before, come out and just smoke the competition, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen this time. I just don't see the rationale to want Pittsburgh in this game. I think that if you're picking the the underdog, even with kind of this this type of spread in a in a game like this, you have to like see the path and the win the game outright. And I don't even know if I see that. So uh, to me, the only way Buffalo doesn't cover here is if Allen turns the ball over a ton. And like, hey, maybe that's something that happens. But I'll say that he keeps it somewhat limited, and uh, the Bills win. I don't know if you saw the guy, if you guys saw the meme floating around this weekend, but someone photoshopped the Buffalo Bills logo onto Homer Simpson's shirt. Uh, and, and and crossed out uh, beer and the, 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 the meme said to Josh Allen, the cause of and solution to all of Buffalo's problems. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's so yeah, that sums it up pretty well. He is a yeah. gun slinger, man. Like yeah. so he had two really dumb ones in the red zone against the, against the dolphins last week. Otherwise yes, they might've blown him up. Like, it, it, like that's, that's the hesitation you have. Uh, but that's going to lead me back to, uh, uh, I'm going to be taking the under in this game, even though it is 33 and a half, you guys. It's a freaking Iowa Oof. game in, in college. 33 and a half. I'm going under uh, because... You know the weather's the- messed up and someone's taking a 33 and a half point under and Josh Allen's one of the team's quarterbacks. Yeah, like I could see this game. Like, There's a world where this game is like 17 to nothing. Like like the Steelers scoring oh, yeah. zero is very much on the table in this, in this game. I agree. Uh, so yeah, I'm going under. And Bills, and as half. much as the defense was in a bad way when guys got hurt in the middle of the year, they mm-hmm. they have course correct a little bit. It's not what sort of what we're used to with Bills the Bills defense in previous years, but they're mm-hmm. they're, they're a lot better now than they were a month and a half ago. And I, I just sh- something. Remember that crazy Bills Eagles game outside in the rain in Philadelphia, and the Eagles win in overtime. The Eagles moved to ten and one. And the the Bills moved to six and six. I think. Just think about where those teams are at since that happened. Yeah. Things have changed. Because <laughs> that was a, a bad, bad spot for Buffalo. It looked like things were going great for the Eagles, and things have changed since then. Two things gambling-wise. I want everybody to know that while we were discussing Bill Steelers, I re-upped, uh, I, I quadrupled down on the Texans again. Uh, and the other thing is, Gambling-wise, my advice for this uh, this one total is I'm like I'm for the purposes of this podcast I'm picking the under on the 33 and a half. Uh, if you don't have the stomach for that, that's fine because my real money is not going to be on the 33 and a half because my real money is already on the 42 and a half uh, bad line that they that they hung uh, earlier in the week. So um, yeah, that was bad. Uh, Billy, what do you think for the uh, for the total in this one though? 33 and a half. I'm on the under. Nice, <laughs> I love it. I just, I just no hesitation too, right? I'm just like, where is he, where are these teams getting 30, 35 ish points from, right? Like, it just, I don't know. How about you, Craig? 
Yeah, I, I, I think the under two, but we'll see. All right. So Craig I and I are on Buffalo. Billy and I are on, or Billy's on Pittsburgh. So we are yet to have a clean sweep. Let's see if we can find one here. Heading into the Sunday afternoon game, the Green Bay Packers head to Dallas in a classic matchup of two of the most storied franchises in the NFL. Um, Packers, they faced each other a few times. Uh, Packers got the better of the Cowboys in the Aaron Rodgers era. There was the, uh, obviously, the Dez uh, Bryant fourth down goal line thing that happened that one year. And then the Rodgers uh, spin around, throw to the sidelines, catch in in, uh, the the dying moments of that game. So the Cowboys lost some heartbreakers. It's their chance to get a measure of revenge against uh, the Packers franchise. Um, The line has been pretty much in two spots all week it opened up at cowboys minus seven and a half and that hook is gone now it is cowboys minus seven um tail of the tape for this one we have the dallas cowboys at fourth in dvoa uh nine five and ten as far as their rankings green bay 13th in dvoa and they are sixth best offense, twenty seventh best defense, thirty first ranked special teams. So, boy, there might be some points in this one, and that is uh, reflected in the line as it is fifty and a half. Spread wise, Cowboys ten and seven, Packers nine and eight. So Cowboys slightly better. Uh, two teams very capable of going up against the spread, though. Uh, I think I'm gonna. Lay, I think I'm gonna take the seven with the Packers in this one. Um, to me, this one's going to come down a bit to, like, a. I think the pat. I think the Dallas defense is a bit more gettable than people think, and I. I, I think the back door will be. I, I expect the Cowboys to win, but I think the back door will be open for for Jordan Love in this one, uh, when when the Packers have the ball last. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and and take the seven. Wish we wish we were able to get that hook, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm still I'm still going to take the seven. And to me, this game comes down to. Like there's there's two big gambling sides in this one, and which one's gonna come? Because right now that Dallas Cowboys defense, they like that secondary. They love gambling. They love jumping routes and this and that. And Jordan loves loves gambling in the sense of he loves throwing these back foot prayers that right now are getting answered. Uh, he's throwing these loop de loop passes off his back foot, and like I said, those prayers are getting answered. But if those prayers stop getting answered in this game. Could be uh, could could be in for like a like a Cowboys forty four ten type of <laughs> scenario. Um, Craig, how about you? Cowboys laying seven right now. Uh, I'm not sure you guys saw the stats going around this week, but uh, against uh, both uh, slot receivers and um, and slant rounds, the Packers defense has allowed the worst passer rating in the NFL this season. You know, Mina Kimes pointed that out in her podcast. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed about the Cowboys offense, but they really do enjoy lining CD lamb up in the slot <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. and they really enjoy having him run slant routes from there. Um, so yeah, I think that they're just going to do a lot of that. And that, like, basically this is the equivalent of the, the Packers defense going into a match and everyone in the world knows they're choosing scissors and the Cowboys, 
they've got a rock. And I, I just think that this is a this is a blowout. This is an absolute blow. Uh, and this to me is going to be another game that's a case against the existence of the two seven playoff game. Uh, I know that it's never going away, but this is going to be a case against its existence. Uh, give me the, the the Cowboys here and the Cowboys buy a lot of points. Wow, so you're saying full blowout? Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying that um, Trey Lance takes snaps in this game. Whoa! Wow! Wow! So you're that's what I'm saying. Off. Trey Lance you're taking five minutes left. Trey Lance is under center for the Dallas Cowboys with five minutes. Trey left. Lance takes snaps in this game Whoa. because they have to make sure that Dak Prescott is healthy for their uh, yeah. their game the following week. Now, knock on wood, we're, we're that Trey Lance doesn't have to up taking snaps because something untoward happens in this football no, game. No, Dak is going to uh, be fine. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I know, I just, I don't want that prediction to come true for the reason you're not thinking. This is all I'm saying. All right, uh, I'm on the Packers. Craig's, t- he's laying. Billy, tiebreaker. Yeah, I kind of wish I went before Craig because my analysis is pretty identical. What I was thinking here is if you told me the Packers were going to score zero, I'd still take the over in this game. Uh, <laughs> I think the Cowboys offense is just going to demo the Packers. And, and, and you're right that the Cowboys defense is gettable and Love is going to score a couple touchdowns. They're not going to get zero, but that's why I love the over here too. So I'm taking the Cowboys and I'm taking the over. The over 50 and a half. Yeah. Um, all right. So you guys are on Dallas. I'm lone, my first lone wolf with the Green Bay Packers. Um, how about you, Craig? What's, what do you think of the 50 and a half? I think it's. Uh, I think it hits. I think that the Cowboys score thirty-five of them on their own, okay. and then a garbage, couple, some garbage time Packer points get you there. All right, so you're going over. I'm. God, I don't have. Uh, I always talk about the stomach. I don't have the stomach to take an over this high in the playoffs. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I was. I jokingly said forty-four. To I 10 guess there, like Brian like... Ank is a good punter. I don't know if yeah. he's going to participate. Much game is what i'll say fair i'm gonna i'm gonna say under and i've said under for every game so far <laughs> boy that might continue uh <laughs> yeah i i might fool i might regret it this is the only one i feel hesitant about but man 50 and a half that's a lot of points um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to the under all right here we go game of Sunday the weekend nighter. Game of the weekend, people are saying it apparently because I got to say I was shocked when they made this the Sunday nighter. I thought Packers and Cowboys and the Rams and the Lions would be flipped. I thought they would want that nice Sunday afternoon game to be this game with uh, all the storylines involved. And they would just go, hey, it's Packers-Cowboys. It's like one of our greatest playoff rivalries of all time. We're going to put that in uh, prime time plus, you know. I think there are two things that happened here. One, these storylines and the Rams-Lions were were too much to overcome. And two... Uh, the stuff I just said about the Packers defense, I think that there are people at the league office who know that, and they didn't want the Sunday night game to be uh, uh, an absolute demo, which uh, I don't think is super likely in Rams-Lions, but I think that there's definitely a chance in Packers-Cowboys. All right, so let me give you the tail of the tape before I uh, just fall apart here a second ago. Okay, so spread-wise... This game has been on two numbers all week. It opened up at Lions minus three and a half. Rams money came in. It went down to the three. Some Lions money came in and went back to the three and a half. Then the Rams money came back in, and I I thought they would just move the juice, uh, but they didn't, and they moved it back down and is now settled at Lions minus three and looks like it's going to be staying there for the rest of the weekend. Um, Total is 51 and a half. Uh, DVOA-wise, Lions were seventh. 5th best offense, 13th best defense, 19th best special teams. 
Rams, 17th in DVOA, 7th best offense. So these are two very good offenses going in this football game here. 22nd best defense and a whopping dead last special teams. They have the single worst special teams in the National Football League. Throughout this week, I mentioned that there were two teams that nobody has been picking. The Dolphins are one of them. The other team is the team in this football game that is favored by three points. And I believe I said on this podcast that whether it be the Rams or the Packers, because we all it looked like it was going to be the Rams or the Packers regardless for the Lions, that whoever it was was going to be a live dog. And I was saying that nobody would be picking the Lions in this scenario. And it that has come to fruition and then some. I haven't heard anybody make a even in a shred of a of a thought of an idea that the Lions might win this football game. I'm literally as we squeak, I am staring at NFL I am staring at NFL.com and the aforementioned Mina Kimes, who is tremendous and we love that panel that they have. Uh, with Dan Orlovsky, who's Mina, I forget who else is on yeah, there, but yeah. Orlovsky, Mina. It's a great panel. I love all those guys. Uh, Rams across the board. The Sharps are on the Rams. The public is on the Rams. There, I, I haven't heard, again, a podcaster, a fool on Twitter, a hot take, anything on planet Earth that says the Detroit Lions can win this football game. And I mean that because the only thing, and I've tweeted this out a couple of times, so I'm running this joke into the ground. On planet Earth, there is not a single entity picking the Detroit Lions. But that's okay because apparently we got the fucking moon on our side. Because apparently the moon, the way, whatever whatever the moon is, is, is waxing crescent or whatever the fuck it is, the last time the Lions, because that, that was a big joke that was on Thanksgiving where I guess like it was like, the Lions have never won, won or on Thanksgiving when the moon was in like a waxing crescent or something like that. And I was like, sure, whatever. And then they got hosed by the pack Thanksgiving. And I was like, wow, maybe I should like, yep. maybe I got to start factoring that into my system. Right. <laughs> and here we are. The, the moon, whatever the moon is in, it will be in the exact same thing it was when the Lions last won a playoff game over 30 years ago. There are, this is a, obviously Craig mentioned it, it the, the, it's the reason it's a Sunday night game. They, this is is laced, this game is laced with storylines. Stafford coming back, potentially Jared Goff revenge, uh, McVay, you know, abandoning Goff. The, the like, you know, what, what's McVay going to do? The Lions don't have a, like, they don't have, and, and to me, and I get why people are picking the Rams, because the Lions, I can't point to a position where they have a distinct advantage. It used to be tight end, but now we've got the potentially a gimpy Sam Laporta because we sent him out there in week Laporta's 18. Laporta's going to gonna go, according to the reporting I've seen. Laporta's playing in this game. We'll see what but kind like, of is he, Yeah, what kind of Laporta is it? And now now i got to spend all, all, all game worrying about if our, if our superstar tight end is going to get RG3'd in a playoff game, looking for our first win in 30 years. And... But, like, we don't have an advantage at quarterback. We don't have an advantage at coach. We don't have an advantage at running back. And we damn sure don't have an advantage at receiver. Oh. This is... Uh, you Like, here... I, I think the Lions do have some advantages here. One, 
I don't have the numbers in front of me, but with Gardner Johnson on the field, the defense has been a lot better this season. Yes, that has been fun in the last week and bet to, to yep. watch. I just, he's going to be out there this time. I think that the, the offenses are pretty similar to one another as far as how they're I feel about them. They're, they're incredibly good. similar. But you would say that with Laporta out, I don't know, like, would you go so Cup here's, here's Brown Puka, think or would you go, or would you go Cup Brown Puka, or would you go Cup Puka Brown? I I, I would probably have St. Brown as as I might have St. Brown first of those three guys Fair. right now. Uh, but well, Naku is obviously I think a superstar. Um, I I just uh, the Lions' defense is a lot better than the Rams, a lot better. And I know I, I trust. I trust the Lions to get a stop or two more than I trust the Rams to get a stop or two. I really do. Man. I don't know. They have such an advantage at coaching. And I like Dan Campbell. I don't want to I don't want to say he's a stiff or anything, but just like the fact that McVay knows Goff and whatnot and Laporta, like God, they could not they can't if he's gimped, he was their third down guy. He was their red zone yeah. guy. Right? Like yeah, he's it's Ah, it, like it's just and and for 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 the first Lions game in 31 years, for it to be and like I can already see everybody getting the like I can already see everybody making the same joke at 11:20 at night on Sunday of like well better luck next 30 years Detroit and like like I can already I can already see everybody making that joke and to 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 have Matthew Stafford win his first playoff game in Detroit as a member of the LA Rams is so fucking sinister a thought that I, I just, I can't, I can't handle it. And the Lions also have the outside factors too of if they're going to win this game, they have to fucking blow out the Rams because if this game's close, the refs will find a way to take this game away from the Detroit Lions. (laughs) And, and, and I just I can't fathom that happening because like if, if there is a shifty call in this game, uh, what was it, Bottle Gate or whatever, when the Cleveland Browns fans were were chucking yeah. the beer bottles at the at the at the referees, man, the the refs honestly they better have their p's and q's because the way the Pistons are playing, <laughs> like, like the Detroit fans are ready to they're froggy they're ready to leap right now is what I'm saying <laughs> I just like to lose to, for Stafford to win his first game it is in Detroit as a member of the Rams it is so fucking sinister I cannot stand it uh, Rams plus three from Pierce Craig what do you think holy god I just I could not be more angry I heard a guy on the radio today the uh, Lions to win this game wow who <laughs> Me. Wow. <laughs> I'm taking the Lions. You, you're laying the three. All right. Well, I'm the three. Because like, I... I'm not even joking. You are literally the fr- I haven't heard a fucking – nobody's making a case. And this is a team that – this is the biggest DVOA discrepancy this weekend, by the way. Yeah. It, like, if, if you're going by DVOA, and I realize DVOA is not a be-all, end-all, this is the biggest discrepancy. The Lions have the – according to DVOA, the biggest advantage – in, in terms of opponent, like, they're playing. If you like, can keep Goff with a manageable pocket situation, yeah, he can carve up a, a, a very inexperienced secondary, which is what the Rams have. Yeah. And 
Clearly, there's one guy that could mess up the pocket situation for the Rams, and you have to worry about that. But the Lions' offensive line is is, is good, especially in the middle of it. Uh, we'll see where what they do as far as where Donald lines up and, and, and things he gets up to. But I think that the Lions are going to score points in this game, and I think the Lions' defense is going to get enough stops that they're okay. So I'm taking Detroit. The Rams' defense is not the Rams' defense is not good. The Lions and, should like, be able to score points against this defense. When in the history of the NFL have the like have the sharps and the math guys come? At least not as long as we've been doing this podcast. Have they come out and been so fervently on the side of the team that is ass on special teams? Right, like like yeah. this team, this team is unconscionably. This Rams team is unconscionably bad on special teams. And I could you not see Campbell one... doing a fake puck thing and getting a big play out of that in this game? Because I could see that. I'm happening. worried. I'm worried about the other thing. I'm worried about it. Like there's going to be a fourth down. There's going to be a fake punt in this game from one of these two teams, and I'm worried it's going to be the. I'm just going to worried it's going to be the. Do they still have Johnny Ecker or whatever the fuck his name is? Uh, like no. I'm, I'm, I'm. I could not be more as a Lions fan. I could not be more. Like I wish this was not the Sunday night game because like there's no shot. Like I needed to be one o'clock. I needed it to be the four o'clock game at least for me to come back down off of this game because there's no shot I go to bed because I'm either gonna be too filled with rage to fall asleep or too <laughs> elated with happiness to fall asleep at this game. So the chances of me going to bed, like we should set an over under on when I finally come down and think about, Hey, I better go to bed. Cause my daughter's got to be up in like however many hours and I got to get her ready for school. But like, man, this is, this is, I, I don't, the, 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 <sighs> yeah, like I said, the thought like this, this is, this would be so fucking cruel to like for for Stafford god bless him to come into Detroit in this fucking blue and gold uniform and take a playoff win from us it's it's so bad uh billy tiebreaker on this one please <laughs> um i think the lions have played really well the last what it's probably four or five weeks i really do worry about laporta i think he's a huge part of that offense and and he really opens up a lot in the middle of the field i i i think i want the rams here uh, unfortunately um i just think that offense is going to be too tough to slow down. so i'm taking the rams i don't love it i'm taking the under yeah i just <sighs> Even like all the weird like ancillary, all the all the deep stats and stuff that the that the sharps post on Twitter, I'm like, Christ, there isn't the only the only ones are the only ones I've seen are like all the Matt Stafford numbers as an underdog, right? Like his, his <laughs> numbers as not as a like his numbers straight up as an underdog are obviously terrible. But I'm like staring at those numbers and going, yeah, and why are they terrible, right? Like, are they terrible because of the Rams? No, right? Like. like this is so bad. This is so cruel. Like, oh my god, I cannot fucking stand it. It's gonna be so bad. Anyway, Craig Lone Wolf in it with Detroit. I'm not gonna survive this game. Uh, <laughs> 51 and a half. I'm going under on on the 51 and a half for this game, just because I, I know the, the, we've got these high powered offenses, but I can see this game being a bit like the. Uh, the game, the line, the, the two point conversion nonsense game they had with the, uh, uh, 
they had with the Cowboys where, you know, both teams have some red zone mis- miscues, uh, maybe some fourth down going for it in the red zones that don't get completed and, and stuff like that. I could see some long drives with the team. Teams end up with with, with nothing sort of a thing. So I'm, I'm just going to go under on the 51 and a half. Billy, what do you think? the under for me as well I, I just think it's a really high line so I, I think they'll score but not that much Craig uh over under 51 and a yeah, half for this I'll, game I'll take the under yeah do you guys because I know I took up a lot of the oxygen on that one <laughs> do you have anything you want to add on this game I think that the, the Lions are better like and, and I get it I like you know, there's a lot of baggage here there's a lot of history the Lions are better they're favored I, I know but like yeah. But like I'm literally seeing, I'm watching Sharps place Rams fifty to one bets and stuff. Because like if the Rams win this, they can get on a roll here, right? Like because if the Rams can go into Detroit, they, they play pretty well against San. Well, I shouldn't say that they they've beaten San Francisco in in the playoffs yeah. in the past, and that's who they would play next week if they win in all likelihood. So yeah. uh, I don't know if I, I, I don't I know would, if I think fans are going to go one one here. I, yeah, I just think I mean, we need to get more up. I would love as a Lions fan to obviously win this game. Cause this week I've been talking about cult. If you've been listening to this podcast, obviously I've been talking about the levels of a culture change uh, for Detroit. And we've seen them hit some of those culture change numbers on the way to this playoff game. And then obviously here we are with the number one with a fucking bullet culture change is like, like they reached another one. There's a home playoff game being played in Detroit. So that's another culture change milestone that they've hit. Can they get that W? That win, is though. the that is the biggest milestone, and and quite frankly, and go back to the scene this... of crime in Dallas. Yeah, exactly. The scene of win... crime in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, and then yeah, and they win this game, get to go back to Dallas, Dallas, knowing that they like the, the Cowboys fan, the cocky Cowboys fans talking about how because they'll be favored, but the cocky Cowboys fans, you know, talking bigging it up, but with that little tic tac in the back of their head, knowing that the referee stole that game. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, like I would love to live in that world. Or maybe, what if the Packers upset the Cowboys? Cowboys have been known to blow games in the playoffs too. Defense looks gettable. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles or the Buccaneers are coming to Detroit, and we got two playoff games. We've doubled the amount of playoff games we've had in one year. You know? Obviously, that's a little far-fetched, but I'm just saying. And then... Man, I like. I would love to have a a Tim Tebow overtime moment like you got, or a Minnesota miracle like Bill got. But I just think this is just gonna ultimately end in cruel, cruel fashion for the Detroit Lions. I hate my life. <laughs> Let's move on to the Monday game. Uh, well, first off, do you guys like the Monday game for the playoffs? Because I hate it. I wish they would just do three and three. Uh, I don't mind it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know. I just don't like one team getting less rest. or I don't like the one team that wins getting less rest, especially when they probably got to go mm-hmm. up against San Francisco next, right? Like, yeah. yeah no anyway. Um, all right. Well, it's Eagles box, and uh, it opened up at uh, Bucks minus two and a half and has moved to Bucks. Or, sorry, it opened up at Eagles minus two and a half, and it has moved to uh, Eagles minus three. Um. These are two kind of mid-teams. Let me give you the tail of the tape. 
Uh, Eagles 14th in DVOA uh, and, and just in free fall. Uh, 10th in offensive DVOA, 29th in defensive DVOA. Number one in special teams, very good special teams. Um, Tampa Bay clocking in at the lowest ranked uh, DVOA team for this playoffs. They come in at 18th, just edging out the Rams, who everybody's picking this weekend. Uh, 20th, 14th, and 18th. Uh, these are two mid-teams. Eagles are free-falling. I don't know. Eagles have minus three on reputation here. I'm I'm taking the home dog with the, with the Bucks, and I think they can win this game outright. I'm gonna have some. Uh, I'm gonna have some. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm gonna have some some money line money on the Bucks too. Bucks third best against the spread. Uh, they were 11 and six, and the Eagles. I, they started off really good against the spread. I don't. Where did they end up? They couldn't have fallen. Man, they fell pretty far. Seven two and eight. I remember they were like six and six and zero or something against the spread. Seven two and eight. So the Buccaneers by far uh, the better team against the spread. Uh, I forgot to give the spread thing for the for the Lions, but these were the two best two of the best spread teams. Lions were the best spread team, twelve and five, and the Rams were uh, ten six and one. So two very good teams against the spread. But in this game, Bucks significantly better against the spread than the Eagles. Uh, give me the Bucks, and I think they can win this game out. Right, Billy. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, it's hard to say. Like you get in the Eagles in the first ten weeks of the season, you get in the Eagles that have struggled in the in the last few. Um, I'm gonna assume the Eagles regress to the mean a little bit here, and that they play well. And I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, AJ Brown. About an hour before we started this podcast, deleted like all of his social media <laughs> and, and uh, deactivated Instagram, Twitter, the whole shebang bang. So that does not bode well. Uh, I don't. So they've got AJ Brown, who doesn't look like he might play this game on Monday. And you've got uh, Jalen Hurts, who has a broken finger, broke his finger in that game in week 18. Uh, and the middle finger of his throwing hand, which uh, is a pretty important finger as far as gripping a football. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think this is tough. I think the Eagles are so very gettable. Um, Craig, Eagles land three in Tampa Bay. I would like the Buccaneers, please. Yeah. Well, you. I, I just think that's the that's the side. Like it's it's. I'll take the home team. I will take the team getting points. I like home dogs in the playoffs, and the Buccaneers certainly qualify. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the side. All right. Uh, Billy, what was your official pick for this one? Eagles. Eagles. All right. So we do not have a single sweep, uh, and I kind of like that. It means we got some we, we got some stuff going here. Um, forty three and a half. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under on the forty three and a half in this game as well. So a clean sweep of the unders for Matt Pierce. So I'm predicting a low score and uh, low score and wild card weekend. I imagine I'll get got at, at some point. Billy, what, what say you? Uh, forty three and a half. Yeah, I like the under here as well. Okay. And Craig, how about you? Under for sure. Under for I'm sure. Thinking like, right. I'm thinking like 17-10 Tampa Bay type of thing. Wow. All right. I like it. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, so uh, that is it for, for this uh, week in the Crossover Podcast. Do you guys have anything you want to add on uh... – <laughs> On uh, on Wild Card Weekend, Jameson Williams is a big play for the Lions on Sunday. You think so? Okay. Yep. 
I don't think he has, yeah, he's got, I was going to say, I don't think he's got in the end zone, but that's not true. He's got in the end zone a couple of times this, this year. I would love, I would love a bomb touchdown. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Just listening to all the, I, I should have just going to be the, the craziest home environment of, of the weekend. Uh, for, sure. for sure. Does that matter though in, in the playoff? Well, actually, while well, Bills will still be that the snow combined with the flaming tables, Orchard Park might still. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to just give us the title belt this weekend. You know, <laughs> the the blizzard might take some of the pep out of the step for Bills Mafia, but we'll see. No, <laughs> the alcohol cure that. I, nah, will 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 we see shirtless dudes in the uh, in in the uh, crowd at either uh, Arrowhead or? Or Orchard Park this weekend. Yes, I, I think hopefully I Orchard Park. Yes, Arrowhead. No, I, Arrowhead maybe. Arrow Arrowhead. The the wind. Or, see now the people at Orchard Park, they would say you think the cold is your ally. Yeah. We're born <laughs> molded by it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels good to laugh again. It really does. Uh, anyway, that's gonna be it. Uh, for this week, uh, Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes, which rate subscribe five stars only. Uh, we're also on any podcatcher that happens to be out there. And if we're not, uh, hit us up at contact at the crossoverpodcast.com or at the Twitter account at Empire6. Uh, and uh, let us know what podcatcher we're not on, and we'll go ahead and make the moves to get us on there. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. That'll be it for this week. We'll be back next week, uh, breaking down what happened on Wildcard Weekend and then talking the divisional round and uh we'll, we'll see what happens when the uh, niners and the ravens get their uh get involved in this whole playoff mess um craig bill is always a pleasure doing this with you guys take care everybody and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast